What's up, NBA fans, and welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and uh, before we get into the show, um, we here at Full Court Press just want to extend our sincerest condolences to Greg Popovich and the Popovich family uh, after the passing of uh, Pop's wife of more than four decades, Aaron Popovich. Um, it's terrible news. Uh, there's nobody in the league that's more respected and more revered than Greg Popovich, and um, we are just very, very uh, heartbroken by this news, and um, I don't think there's much more I can say, but but our condolences go out to uh, to Greg and, and all of his family, uh, his his two children and, and two grandchildren, um, from everything uh, that I've heard about Erin over the past couple of days, uh, she she certainly sounded like uh, somebody who was uh, kind of you know the, the would light up a room, and uh, I think R. C. Buford's uh, words regarding her really illustrate that. Um, I would encourage any of you out there to uh, to look at you know his statement and what he had to say and. Um, Again, our condolences to the Popovich family, and we wish you the best through this um, just, just terrible uh, circumstance. Uh, but anyway, let's get into the show. Uh, we can't mourn too much. We got we got playoffs to discuss. Uh, I'm joined by Luke Alves. Luke, what's up, man? Hey, man, how you doing? And uh, yeah, deepest condolences out to Greg Popovich and the Popovich, uh, Popovich family. Just sad, but, yeah, uh, man. Ready to talk some game twos with you, man. There's like some exciting games, so I'm ready to in, also talk some basketball. Indeed, sir, indeed. All right, so let's get into it. All right, so we just finished watching the uh, the uh, game three of the Sixers and Heat, but before we'll, we'll do we'll break down game two and then we'll jump into game three before moving on to the other game twos. Um, man, that game two was pretty crazy. Miami won it one thirteen to one hundred three. Uh, Dwayne Wade just went off. Like, I swear to God, he looked like 2006 Dwayne Wade. It was crazy. He was he was just everywhere. He was scrappy. He was getting steals. He was making every single shot he took. Um, not literally. I think he missed one. Um, but, I mean, he was, he was so, so good in that game. Uh, he had 26 points. Uh, he, he missed five. Um, but he, but he had 26 points. Um, he, he, he was just crazy. He was plus 16 plus minus. Uh, he, he just did everything for that team. And, uh, I also wanted to throw a shout out to Eric Spolstra. He, he made a very smart coaching adjustment. Um, he only played Tyler. He started Tyler Johnson, but he only played in 14 minutes. Um, and he relied heavily on James Johnson to guard Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons still got his buckets, but I still think that's a tougher matchup for him, and it makes more sense to put a guy like James Johnson on Ben Simmons uh, in lieu of running a really small lineup. In fact, I was I was honestly even surprised that he started Tyler Johnson again tonight. I think you should just use him in reserve minutes, kind of like how Philly has been using Fultz uh, and, and, and even um, McConnell, like you, it's really tough if you if you're playing Drogic and Johnson on the floor at the same time when one of those guys 
is going to have to guard either Robert Covington or uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, they made the adjustment with James Johnson guarding Ben Simmons, which I think was fabulous, uh, great adjustment. And, by the way, he he shot 7 of 7 from the field, uh, had 6 uh, defensive rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. He was great in game two. And it, it was just a – it was a great effort, a great team effort um, by them. Dragic was also phenomenal. He had 20 points on 18, 8 of 14 shooting. Uh, but, yeah, Dwayne Wade just straight up stole the show. He was the man. Uh, what, did, what was your takeaway from, uh, from game two of Heat Sixers? Oh, no, I loved it, man. I mean, it reminded me of the old flash, Dwayne Wade. Just yeah. He usually does. I mean, one of the greatest players, man. I mean, I think he went to 10th all-time scoring that game in a playoff. So, just it was great to see him to go back his old way. Kind of reminded me of – Watching him back, um, 08, 09 ish when he played the Celtics and he just light up the Celtics in the playoffs, just doing some crazy yeah. things on it. Just Dwayne Wade just being, it's kind of sometimes it's kind of sad watching him because he was just so fun and just so electric back in the day. But he still knows how to get his shot. He's got one of the greatest pump fakes to get you to jump all the time at him, so he knows how to get to the line. But he just he felt the shot. I think he was. Seven for seven for his first shots was going out there. I loved it. Just every second of it coming off the bench, too. So it's a big spark plug. I mean, the first game they played pretty well, Miami Heat. I mean, until halftime. And then they fell apart. So it's good to see that Spolsa did, like you said, make some great halftime adjustments and game two adjustments. I mean, between game one and game two, saw something. So, I mean, a lot of people got to give Spolsa more respect. I mean, Back when he had the big three, you know, no one ever thought, like, oh, he's that great of a coach, you know. He has all these people, and they had all those little hiccups. But ever since that big three's left, I mean, Spolstra's held it down with Miami, done really well. I mean, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they went on that really mean run and all that stuff. Spolstra, just being a smart coach that he is, just did saw some adjustments that he could make, and they stole one in Philly, which is always huge, especially, you know, when you're coming on the, uh, you're playing on the road, so you already already take one at that side. But that was big. I mean, just the whole team played really well. Joel Embiid still wasn't out there, so that could be a big thing for the 76ers that they they might have needed a little bit more. But I mean, just Dwayne Wade was just feeling it that game. There was no stopping him. I mean, that steal at the end of the game to that dunk that was just great, mm-hmm. and then he just hit yep. that shot. He hits that shot right in Ben Simmons' face, which is so beautiful. Yeah. It's just so custom. Like, young man, you will be one day running this NBA, but let me just put you in your place and show you what I'm, what yeah. I'm all about. So I like that little kind of one-on-one-ness, you know. Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade saw him. He just knew he, that, that mid-range shot was falling for Dwayne Wade. Right, right when he made, I think, the first couple, he just knew, okay, I, I know I got my shot tonight, and I'm just going to go for it. So. It was exciting. I was glad, you know, go up 1-1, make this a good, really interesting series. Because I think these two teams match up match up fairly well. Um, I mean, when Embiid's not out there, the, you know, it's a, it's a better matchup for Miami. But I thought all around, you know, it's, it was a great game. Just you got the old – you got a glimpse of the flash just one last time. Hopefully you can do it a couple more times, but – that was definitely one last good, good hoorah out of Dwayne Wade. Yes, 
uh, totally agreed. Like it was, it was very retro Dwayne Wade and it was a lot of fun to see. Um, even for somebody like me, who's actively rooting for the 76ers. Um, obviously, um, as most of y'all know, I'm a, I'm a Hawks fan, but the Sixers are my secondary team. And, you know, I've, I've been rooting hard for the Hawks for the past, you know, um, well, my whole life really, but, um, especially over the past 10 years since we've had, you know, reasonably good teams. Uh, so I'm just happy to have a team to root for, uh, now that my Hawks are in the rebuilding process. Uh, so uh, yeah, but even regardless of that, it was, it was, uh, it it was amazing to see Dwayne Wade pull that off. Um, let's move on to game three. We just finished watching it. I don't have the box score in front of me. Uh, I don't think they have it posted yet. Um, but I do know this. Uh, Embiid was a beast. Uh, he had, I think, 23 points. Uh, he had three blocks. He had, like, four assists and maybe nine or ten rebounds somewhere in there. I think maybe it was seven. Uh, but he was great. He His defensive presence was felt immediately. It took him a while to get it going offensively, uh, but, man, his defense was immediate impact towards that game. And they just wore him down. I mean, Miami played well throughout most of the game, but they just they don't have an answer for Joel and Beath. That's as simple as you can put it. Whiteside ain't stopping him. And this is and, – and the crazy thing is this was – like the worst Joel Embiid's played probably all season. Uh, maybe not the worst statistically he's played, but just you could see how how not ready he was. I, well, I'm willing to say not ready, but like how unpolished he was because of being, you know, not playing for a month. And yet still he pretty much swung that game in their favor uh, it was it was remarkable. Uh, ben Simmons was great again. Uh, he made a couple really really bad mistakes. That inbounds pass where he just threw it right to Dragic was was pretty embarrassing. Uh, but he was still super solid. Bellinelli is just so damn good on this team. I'm so happy. I like I, I still I can't believe we we cut. Bellinelli and Ilyasova and we weren't able to like manufacture any kind of trade with the Sixers to get some kind of assets out of it. It, it that infuriates me, but I am so happy to see them both succeeding on this team. And particularly Marco Bellinelli, he had a shot from he had a Steph Curry shot tonight. He was like 37 feet away from the basket and and just drained a three, no hesitation. That guy is incredible. I love I love watching this team play. I love watching them when uh, Joel Embiid rests now. They, him getting hurt, like I said uh, earlier this week or last week, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I mean, he is great, but the fact that this team has learned how to play without him uh, and they have like a model for it is just going to help them so much throughout these playoffs uh, when, you know, in the – 15 minutes or whatever, they can't be on the court. So I, I just thoroughly enjoyed watching this game. It was so much fun. And, yeah, get it on 76ers. Charles Barkley, this Larry Bird. 
uh, quoting some G Love in the special sauce there for uh, for you young kids out there. Uh, but anyway, Luke, what were your thoughts on uh, on Game Three? Yeah, this game was really exciting. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it kind of got away at the end. I think the final score was one twenty eight to one hundred eight. So, but it was a fun game almost all the way up to like the last five minutes. It just the thing that stuck out to me the most was yeah, and B did great. Um, definitely at the beginning of the game, he really wasn't seeing offensively. I think he scored 18 points in the second half, so he really started feeling in the second half. But the big thing that stuck out to me the most is Whiteside, man. Is he this lost in this heat rotation? Dude. I mean, he yeah. only had 13 minutes. He had, he did, was one for one for field goal. Did you see him sitting on the sideline when he was about to check in? And, like, they, yeah. they had that close-up. He was, like, sitting against the the um, the uh, scores table. And, like, uh, Spolstra was, like, leaning down to talk to him. And he just had this look on his face of utter disinterest. Like, I, it was just that's, – that's the best way I can describe it, was utter disinterest. It was, like, it was like a child being talked to by a parent who did not want to hear what their parent was telling them. That, yes, but go ahead. Yes, please, please go ahead. Um, yeah, that that was definitely bad. I mean, I think all hopes lost for the, I mean, him right now. I mean, he should be playing a lot more. He could be definitely, hopefully, doing a little impact against Embiid. I mean, no matter what, Embiid's going to be the best. I mean, body him up and all that, but still put a little. I mean, help out uh, Johnson covering Embiid because I think that's who covers him like when he's not out there. So just help out. But it was just crazy. I mean, 13 minutes doesn't even play. He's one for one field goal. He only has five points and just. Whiteside's falling off the map on that team. I kind of like the Heat, even though when they go small, when they have Kelly Olnick out there and all yeah. that, so it makes a little bit more sense for them scoring and all that and allows them to the play. The crazy thing is, though, Johnson and all that. But Olenek can't guard Embiid. He got Yeah, that's why it puts Johnson on him too long. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting – Embiid adds just such an interesting dynamic uh, to the series because, like, if, if if Whiteside is not going to be effective, which he just hasn't looked effective at all, then I, I don't know what you do. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, you put Johnson on him, but then who do you put on Simmons? It's just – it just it, it you were just outmatched with Embiid on the court. Like it was an even series until Embiid came back, and now it's just you could tell that Embiid had to kind of catch a stride. But like once he did, man, this game this game got out of hand really quick. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, in the end of the score, I mean they they lost. It was like in a matter of seconds, they were just down, and then they just couldn't come up and lose by 20. So you can just tell B does mean a lot. My One of my favorite plays out there is uh, Justice Winslow just straight stepping on Joel Embiid's face back, not even trying to avoid it, just like, oh, what is this on the ground? Me stepping on it and just breaks it. That was, I was like, that's a smart move. I mean, hey, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a, there, there, there's a defensive move for you right there. Go make him beat sit down because the coaches aren't going to let him play out there without his mask. So it gets yeah. him out there for at least five minutes to figure out how to fix this mask again. But I just thought that was a little funny, just right in the middle that of like funny. the game when it's just stepping on it. But I still think it could be a series. I mean, no matter what, he already took one on them. So 
Eric Spoelstra's mm-hmm. got to do something, do a little bit of uh, adjustments again and all that. But I think he could go back feeling just fine if they were tied 2-2. So, right now, I think, yeah, even yeah. though they lost, it was still they, – they took one no matter what. It was it was Sixers' turn to match them, and they responded. Yeah, they absolutely did. Uh, and, and real quick, uh, before I pass it uh, over to Juwan, who is now joining us, uh, I – I, I remember I said when we were when we were kind of doing our, our playoff breakdown that uh, man the six I'm sorry that the Heat scared me because any guy there's like seven or eight guys on that team who can have a night who can just go off and have a great night and t- tonight was was not only Goran Dragic but Justin Winslow Winslow had a hell of a night dude like. I, I again, I don't have the box score in front of me, so I don't have his stats. But like, he was just playing great. He he straight up blocked Embiid's shot with force on a play, and man, he was impressive. Uh, he, he was just kind of showing glimpses of of you know what Danny Ainge always thought he could be. Uh, and you know what's funny? I'll say this. I know uh, you know the Celtics fans obviously are. are ultimately happy that that trade didn't go through. I bet you, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds. And, of course, I mean, there's no, no way to prove it, so there's no real reason to throw out odds. But, nevertheless, I would lay down 10 to 1 odds if I could see an alternate universe in which Boston got Justice Winslow. He would be doing things like Jalen Brown is doing things right now um, because that dude just straight balled out, and he 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 has so much potential that just isn't quite reached. Um, and I, and I, I don't know. I don't. I I I say that, but Eric Spolstra is a great coach. Um, I mean, he's not as good as Brad Stevens, but he is nevertheless. He is a phenomenal coach. So maybe not, but nevertheless, uh, still props to uh, props to the night that Justice Justice Winslow had because that was that was certainly phenomenal uh but jawan carter is joining us jawan what's up my brother what's going on guys sorry i'm late <clears throat> oh no worries man uh so we were just kind of recapping game three of the uh the sixers uh versus the heat uh what uh what was your kind of biggest takeaways from that game um my biggest takeaway is Embiid is the ultimate neutralizer. So it's one of those yeah. things where it's like Miami's best chance of winning that series was if Embiid couldn't play any games. Yep. Um, Hassan is one of those players. I was telling Joel about this. I don't remember if he agreed with me or not, but I always believe players like um, Jabari and Hassan, they just need, they need a new home. New homes always bring out – well, not always, I'm sorry to players who actually have potential greatness in them. And I do believe uh, Hassan and Jabari do have the potential to be great. Um, they just need they need a, a new home. They need a new home, new system, new culture, and it'll bring, the, it'll bring the best out of them. I think Jabari more so needs to go to like a Chicago Bulls kind of team, like on the, one of those on-the-rise kind of uh, teams. But anyway, more you to know the who, point. You um, know who I like, though, for Jabari real quick? I like the Brooklyn Nets. They have some cap space. They're a young team. 
pairing him up with D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie and those those Ronda Hellish Jefferson and Jarrett Jarrett uh Allen. Um that's a good young core to build with. Um I I I I feel like the Nets are gonna make him an offer and I'm not sure that Milwaukee will match it. Um uh, but we'll see how that plays out. But anyway, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, but more to your question about the, the Sixers. Miami, I told you, I thought they'd be a threat um, if Dion Waiters was healthy. And I believe, I think uh, me and Skip and uh, Dion are like the three biggest fans of Dion Waiters. Uh, I do believe he brings a swagger um, that could help this Miami team. Uh, he's a scoring threat. Uh, he can defend a little bit, um, and, and I just think he brings something to that team that's great. Um, what we saw Dwayne Wade do, and I was listening to you earlier, Luke, so it's just piggybacking off of what you said. What we saw Dwayne Wade do, I don't know if he could do that, like, four of the next, you know, like, yeah. four games, you know, four more games, you know, is what I'm saying. So that's why yeah. Deion Waiters helps, because you wouldn't need Dwayne Wade to do that every game. And, Deion and Waiters you don't can have to start score. fucking Tyler Johnson. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, I, I will say Eric Spolstra, uh has done an amazing job getting this team to the playoffs um, and them getting a game. I mean, even without Joel Embiid, ask LeBron, it's very difficult to beat the 76ers. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's not something to just go, oh, well, you know, they, they did it. You know, they beat them without Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's a really tough team to beat in Philly with, um, you know, with the, the team that they have. So a lot of respect to Eric Spolster for getting that W. Um, but I don't see Miami getting another win uh, the remainder of this series if Embiid plays every game. Uh, he's right. just in you, – you guys were saying before Hassan can't guard him. I believe he can. I just believe Hassan, for some odd reason, is playing uninspired. Uh, and it's showing on the yeah. floor. No, I, I was saying Kelly Olenek can't guard him. Like oh, okay. Hassan, Hassan has the body to guard him, right. but you're Not right. He's him, just playing he uninspired. Yeah. Right. He has the body that could guard him, not stop him, because no one outside of – Right. Uh, no one. I'm sorry, actually. No one can stop him, <laughs> Uh But uh, the length that um, Hassan Whiteside has, he definitely can, can kind of somewhat slow it down a little bit. Um, yeah. Because of that length, he's so long. Um, but, yeah, Miami doesn't win another game this series if Embiid plays in it. Uh, that, that's just how I see it. But it was a fun game tonight. It was a fun game, the last one where Miami won. Um, I just feel like Miami's definitely in a good place. Uh, I'm still not ruling out LeBron back to Miami, Nick. I know what you said, but I'm not <laughs> ruling it out. Um, Never going to happen, yeah, man. I know, I know, I know. But I will say um, I love what Miami's been able to do this year. Uh, but looking back, I definitely remember how I was gung-ho about how Gordon Dragic deserved a spot on the All-Star team over Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, re- I totally didn't. <laughs> Me too. God, I was I literally thinking that, like, I don't know, like a couple days ago. But, yes, no, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I think both of us said – you know, Dragic put in his dues, and he's never made an all-star team. He deserves to make an all-star team. Like if my, like if Mike Conley had, like you know, had a had a chance, like he would deserve it too. You know, all that all that jazz or whatever. But like, there's yeah. no argument uh, 
that not even you can't you can't even even come close to convincing me that Goran Dragic is has had the season that Ben Simmons had. Um, but granted, that was before Embiid went down, um, and that was before we got to see Ben Simmons really lead a team. Uh, so I mean, you know, and look looking back at it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could make a case Donovan Mitchell deserved an all-star spot. So it, it, it's all hindsight. But, I mean, yeah. uh, we weren't dissing Ben Simmons. We were just saying, like, the Miami Heat, I believe, uh, had a better record at, uh, than Philly at that time. At and the time, like, they were the fourth right. seed, yeah. Right, and it's just like, well, you can't just I will miss say this. what they're doing. I didn't think, I didn't think Kimba deserved it over. I, I, I was on the record with that one because – they were not a playoff team, and Philly was like the seventh seed at the time. And I was like, I, I, I like if you're gonna give it to Dragic, I understood it because they were the fourth seed at the time. But then if you're gonna give it to to, uh, uh damn it, <laughs> uh, Kimba, then yeah, if you're gonna give it to Kimba, like based on stats, like you gotta you gotta pick one thing or the other. You can't like. I, I thought that was an injustice, but yeah, um, totally. Yeah, we were both wrong. We'll, we'll eat crow on that one because uh, Simmons <laughs> definitely deserved a roster spot uh, out of the East. He probably deserved, a, in hindsight, deserved a roster spot before any injuries happened. Um, there's probably like, like I love Al Horford, but I mean he probably deserved a spot more than Al Horford. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. But uh, but. I, 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 I real quick, Juan, before we move on, I just want to ask you, I know you, you follow uh, and, and, and listen to uh, Colin Cowherd, as I do as well. Um, it's, it's, it's frustrating at times, um, but it is, you know, he, he, he's entertaining. Um, what did you think about his, like, heel, his heel turn against LeBron James? That was fucking crazy. I did not see that coming. Um, you know, essentially he said, you know, uh, LeBron is going to, you know, LeBron and, and, and the Cavs are going to lose, uh, to Indiana. Um, and he now thinks, you know, essentially Simmons is like his new guy. Um, and you know, he's, he's, he's just basically turned against LeBron. It's, it's weird. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't think the Lakers should go after LeBron now. He doesn't think Philly should should have any interest in LeBron. Um, what do you make of all this? Do you think it's just for shock and all TV ratings, or do you think there's any substantive, uh, you know, backdrop to it? Um, well, I know we're going to talk about Cleveland, so I'll wait to, to dig deep into my thoughts on LeBron. Um, but, no, this is clearly for ratings. Uh, I mean, you can't yeah. look at what LeBron's done in these last two games and and say you think any different of him. I mean, this is the same yeah. LeBron that you've been seeing since he's been drafted. I mean, some games he'd rather have 10 rebounds, 15 assists, and only 15 points. And then there's other games he could have 46, 10, and 5. So this is the LeBron we've always known. So he hasn't changed or done anything different. I say, if anything, the degree, yeah, the degree of difficulty has increased. Uh, A lot of people are comparing the season and the playoff run that he's on now to 07. I'd argue, I'd even say, I think it might be. It's not close because he didn't have an All Star then. He has Kevin Love now, 
But some nights it feels like he doesn't even have Kevin Love, and he's just literally yeah. doing it by himself. Um, but as far as the question you asked me, yeah, it, it's purely for ratings. Colin does this all the time. But I will say Colin isn't a diehard LeBron fan like um, Shannon and Nick Wright. Uh, oh, no, so he, it makes he sense has that. been. No, he, he's been – He's been on that like Nick. that LeBron for Nick. MVP thing all season. Even even Nick. Nick Wright came off that. Even Nick Wright was like, no, Harden is the MVP. Like Colin never gave that up. It, it like I'm serious. This was like an Andre the Giant heel turn. Like totally 180 degrees came out of nowhere. I was shocked. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm listening to Colin Coward. Uh, like, essentially talk shit about LeBron, like, for two straight days. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it, it's purely for ratings. But what I meant by that is Shannon had his assistant track LeBron down for a photo, and Nick Wright last year tried to convince us that Cleveland could beat Golden State in the finals. So, yeah, I, I think their level of LeBron love is a tad bit higher than the usual person that defends LeBron uh, I, I, I do again, I don't think Colin is the usual person who defends LeBron. I think he he has represented himself on that same level uh, for quite some time now, and and for him to like kind of come out and just be like, I like I don't think any of these teams need LeBron. Like I don't I like if I'm this team, I don't want him. Like and I and I, I do understand that. Like I get it. Like if I'm if I'm the Sixers, I'd much rather have Paul George because he fits your system better. He's younger. He's a better defender. Um, but like to to like for him to take that kind of stance on it, it was just it, it kind of came out of nowhere. But um, well, let, let's jump into the the because we're on the topic of LeBron. Let's jump into the Cavs and the Pacers. Um, just just uh, general thoughts on game two, Luke, and uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, Coward's um, heel turn, uh, feel free to offer those up as well. General thoughts, man, did LeBron James just remind people that don't get me mad because you're going to get a horrible <laughs> game following up with that. Yeah. But, but in the end, I mean, I'm still really worried about the Cavs. No one else on that team really did anything. They scored 100 points. That's not really impressive. You're not really going to beat teams in the East. Maybe, I mean, you might be able to handle Indy, but that's about it. you got to score a lot more than that. I mean, Kevin Love te- uh, tearing his uh, uh, thumb ligament, that's, that could be a big deal. It's not a shooting hand, but that still can mess with you. I mean, he hasn't had the greatest series and all that. So I'm more worried for the Cavs in the long run, but I still think they could probably slip it out. But, uh, man, just – it was – LeBron just being ridiculous. So went on that 16-0 run to start the game and just so impressive. I mean, just reminding everyone just who he is exactly. Now, I just don't think that he has enough people. But um, I'm going to – my one take on what Coward, I'm going to kind of agree with him on a couple of things where I don't think that maybe the Lakers, but I wouldn't want him if I was the Lakers or Simmons because those two players on my team that you want to pair him with Simmons and Ball – they need the ball in their hands at all times to be effective. Yeah, they're like a LeBron, and LeBron's shown things, but LeBron's kind of showing that maybe he is very difficult to play with. Just not Kyrie want to get out of there. Everything just – LeBron's a very difficult basketball player to – I mean, yeah, he's the greatest in the world, but he's very difficult to play with. And I think it's kind of showing and all that. And I, I, I wouldn't want to 
I wouldn't want to really pair him with getting the ball out of my two young guys' hands. That Yeah, they could definitely be next LeBron and, and all that, but I would just want them to keep on having the ball and figuring out the game and get someone maybe like a Paul George or, or a Leonard, like if I was one of those two teams. But yeah. LeBron's definitely going to well, come back out. He's, he's not, he's not going to let anyone prove him wrong and try to beat him in the first series of a playoff. So it'll be interesting that, to see from here on out. Yeah, and that's one of the big things for, like, the diehard LeBroners is, like, never lost in the first round. So, like, he does not want to lose in the first round. Like, and, and honestly, I feel like if he if he gets out of the first round, he probably makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I just I, – I don't have confidence in Toronto beating LeBron James. Like, he, yep. he, he, beat, him, he beat him twice down the stretch of the regular season – and, you know, I just I, – I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of psyche involved uh, as well. Um, but, no, I mean, yeah, he played great. 46 points is was just crazy. He had 20 points in the first quarter. Like you said, Luke, scored the first 16 points of the game. I was a little late tuning in, and so as soon as I turn on the television, it's 13 nothing Cleveland, and I was like, holy shit, like – like LeBron, and then and and then he he scored like a three or had an n one or something, and like that's when I messaged y'all and I was just like LeBron is not fucking around. Like they were like, yeah, LeBron scored the first sixteen points. I was like, holy shit, dude! Like that is remarkable, and that is exactly what he needed to do. He needed to set the tempo, and it inspired other guys to like start like making shots. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a basketball is a weird game. Sometimes it's not just as simple as putting people in position to succeed. Sometimes it's leading by example and and scoring 16 of the first 100 points and basically like them putting people in a position to succeed and like them basically hearing the call and 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 you know, following through with it, and they did, uh, especially in the first half. I mean, they were they were terrific. Um, I think the biggest thing that concerns me is that Oladipo had those two early fouls and did not play uh, for for a bulk of the first half, and then just like never quite got in rhythm. Uh, he played so great in the first game. And, you know, he had that, that shot with, like, 30 seconds left in the game to tie it up at, um, what, the 94, I think. Um, and, he, I mean, it was right there. He had the, the wide-open three to tie it up, and he couldn't knock it down. And, I, I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with he just never could get his rhythm because he had been in foul trouble, and he just didn't play like his his kind of regular minutes, the way he's used to playing. Uh, so that certainly concerns me. I still, I don't know, man. I still can't count out LeBron. Like, I get it. Like, Indiana's team is better. They have a better, way better defense. Victor Oladipo is a legit superstar now. Um, I, I'm confident in saying that. But all that being said, like, you know, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still just not that concerned uh, as far as LeBron getting out of the the first round. Uh, I mean, maybe I should be, 
but I'm not. <laughs> I, I just I don't think there's any way he allows himself to lose to the Pacers in the first round. Uh, but Juwan, what what are your thoughts on Game Two of this series? Uh, this is the first year that I can honestly say it's not up to LeBron. Uh, he had 46, 10, and five, and they still almost went to overtime. So when I told you guys the other night, when you're like. Harden has the stat line, but he wills his team to win. And I said, yeah, but it's a little easier because the all-around team play is just better for Harden. And we saw the proof last night. Harden had an off game, but who was able to step up for him? Very true. LeBron cannot have an off game. That is very true. LeBron cannot have an off game. Nope. So the degree of difficulty is a lot higher. In picture, because we know how soft Kevin Love is. We know how soft Kevin Love is. What if Kevin Love, not Kevin Love, I don't want to make it sound like he'll quit on them, but what if it turns out he can't play the next game because of his hand or his thumb or whatever? We know Kevin Love is one of those guys that if if the doctor maybe suggests it, he'll take it. Um, so if LeBron has to go into, uh, go into the next game without Kevin Love, they almost lost that game with Kevin Love. I definitely fear, uh, Indiana possibly taking another game, uh, if they don't have that. And to me, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know how many other times LeBron has to show us all. This is what I'm working with. This is what I've made my career working with. And I still somehow am able to maintain this level of greatness in year 15. Him being able to get 46, 10, and 5 with those guys who it seemed like down in the stretch by a shot. It was just one of those things where it was just like, and uh, Skip Bayless yells at LeBron about this all the time. In clutch, he made his free throws, every last one of them, every last one of them. And, you know, to me it's just like, I don't know. The degree of difficulty is a lot higher for LeBron. Um, this year, and for him to be doing what he's doing is crazy. But back to my original point, LeBron not losing to the Pacers, again, this is the first year uh, in a long time that I find myself saying this, it's not up to LeBron. I feel like LeBron could get 50 a game, and there's still a possibility they lose. The the way he started that game, there's, there's no logical reason they shouldn't have easily won that game by ten at the at the at the least yeah. won that game by ten. So Agreed. to me, I just see it as I see it like it's not up to LeBron if Oladipo can because his issue in this last game is he came out too aggressive and he didn't need to be. He didn't need to be that aggressive. They, the way that that team works is they're a great team. They're not they're not great with just individuals. They're a great team. So you should have just paced themselves and saved themselves for that fourth quarter when they would have needed him. Um, but, yeah, I, it's not up to LeBron. It, it's not up. And if LeBron doesn't have Kevin Love this next game, I, I absolutely can see LeBron putting up huge numbers and they still possibly lose that game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely the worst team LeBron's been on in a long time. A long Since time. 07, to be exact. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would just say the last year he was in Cleveland, um, you know, whatever year that was, I think 2009, 2010. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because they had more consistent, he had more consistent help. The the issue he's having now is they're not consistent. Yeah, but in 07, they went to the Um, fucking finals. Like, obviously they had consistency. 
No, they did. Like, I'm, just just saying, guys I'm just saying. I'm just saying they needed them. I don't know my, if these guys point, now can do it. My, well, my point is this: um, he hasn't had a team this bad since, like, before he left Cleveland, and he's going to leave Cleveland again. I don't know where he's going to go because I think a lot of it has to do with how the playoffs play out. Um, like, if they lose to Philly, I don't think he goes to Philly. If Houston, you know, wins it all, I don't think he goes to Houston. Um, I still think L.A. is in play. I think there would have to be some moves made, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I've got a, a couple ideas as far as that. Um, but, I, I mean, I think he's – no matter what, I think he's gone because I don't, I don't think there's any chance um, that, you know – I don't think I mean, there's no chance that he wins a championship this year, and there's I think very very little chance that he makes it out of the East even. Um, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of that has to do with his supporting cast. I do expect his supporting cast to play a little better as their nerves even out. Um, I, like I just I don't think you know these guys who are obviously like, talented but inexperienced will keep playing so bad. Um, but, well, I mean, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, and if he doesn't have love, man, that's going to, that's going to really hurt. Cause you got to play Jeff Green and Jeff Green has been fucking terrible, uh, in both games. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all works out. Um, really? but anyway, uh, yeah. Just really quick. I wanted to just throw out something funny to you and Luke. You, <laughs> Uh, this is definitely to you, Luke. I think uh, after the season's over, just as the ultimate troll, just as the ultimate troll, I, I think he should do this uh, knowing good and well he wouldn't actually go there. If I'm LeBron, just to troll, and everything I had to go through this year, I'm definitely asking for a meeting with the Celtics. Not to actually go there, <laughs> just to scare Kyrie. <laughs> just to scare Kyrie. Uh, no, dude, I already said <laughs> I already said, like, LeBron should absolutely opt into his deal and request a trade to the Celtics. They can trade him for Hayward straight up. Uh, and, and I mean, it works. It works financially. No, that, honestly, no. here's the thing. No, I know, I know, Luke, I know. But I'm just saying, here's the thing. That is actually the best situation out there for LeBron. It won't happen. LeBron hates the Celtics. Like, they were the bane of his existence when he was in Cleveland. They were the team he had to get by when he was in Miami. He's definitely not going to the Celtics. Um, and you also can't go nevertheless, back to Kyrie. That would that be the absolute. Horrible. That would be the absolute best case scenario for him, though. Like if he could play with Kyrie, Brown, Tatum, and Horford, that's a that you could just fucking go ahead and lock up that championship, dude. They ain't Golden, and Golden to State play with fucking. A- that. And to play with a great head coach, finally. Yes, that too. Although, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think Spolstra uh, is a great head coach. Um, I think no, he I gets think a Spolstra lot of... a really good head coach. I think I he's a great head great. coach. No, I think he's a great head coach, and I think he gets a... I, I think he gets overlooked. People, people often say in defense of LeBron, like, well, Michael always had, like, a great coach. He had, he had Phil Jackson and yada, 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 and, and LeBron's never had a great coach. And it's like, dude, like, Eric Spolstra's a fucking great coach. Like, he he just doesn't have – like, look what he's getting out of the, 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 like, subpar talent that he has on his team. Like, they're all good players. None of them are great players. And, you know, he, he's still getting a lot out of them. 
Uh, and, like, furthermore, uh, you know, people forget or just don't want to remember that, you know, those first three championships, those were Phil Jackson's, like, first three seasons. Like, he didn't, he didn't, like, it's not like he was, like, a, a well-established coach when Michael Jordan was going down that initial stretch with him. Um, the same thing with Spolstra. I mean, he was, and, and you know what, and, and, you know, LeBron wanted to get him fired and have Pat Riley come in and coach the team. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't I, I think LeBron is, is kind of a headache. And I do think, I don't know if he would necessarily operate that well under a great coach, um, because they would actually try to coach him. And I don't think he thinks he needs to be coached. Um, but anyway, uh, let, let's move on. We, we, we're we're gonna go down a rabbit hole of of discussing uh all all of these these topics uh at nauseum. Uh but since we brought up the Celtics, let's let's bring up the Celtics versus the Bucks. I'm gonna start with you, Luke. Uh this game was fucking fun to watch. Uh it was great seeing Terry Rogier just light him up. Uh and of course like I I guess because I still have like an affinity for Al Horford, and uh, yeah, I mean he he gave us such great seasons here, and I never faulted him for going to Boston. I think he made the right decision, um, and uh, just because I love Brad Stevens and I picked Boston to win the series, I've been rooting for Boston, and they've been playing great, and I've loved it. Uh, wh- what were your takeaways from Game Two? Oh man, it's great. I mean. It was a lot better than game one. I can tell you that one for how close that one went down to the wire. But it made me feel great. I mean, a year off your life, huh? Yeah. I mean, dude, you don't even know. I mean, I was talking to my buddy and just we won't even get down to that one again. But, no, game two is great. I mean, what really impressed me was not only just Terry Rozier, but Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is really making himself known. I mean, Danny Ainge is looking like a genius for drafting him. I mean, scores 30 points for us is really really being aggressive, really understanding what he needs to do Especially for the team too. exactly, Especially which I just, just love. So Jalen Brown's been a huge plus for us. I mean, uh, I thought it, uh, Al Horford, he's been having a great game. We didn't need another 20-point game from us. Uh, one of my buddies was talking, he was like, I find it crazy that that uh, line that Barkley said that he's never had back-to-back 20 games in the playoffs, and he's only done it 14 times for how many times he's been in there, but I feel like Al Horford's not that type of guy that needs to do that every game. He came out first game knowing, okay, I got to really set a tone. I got to score. This is what I got to do my team. And then he he did that. They got the win. Second game, he, he's like, I got to really set the tone defensively, set my team up defensively, make sure we're in all the right offensive spots. So Horford's just that player like, yeah, he's getting max money, but I, he just does so much for the Celtics that, like, it's just very hard to like really notice it when your your stat line's not this crazy stat line when you're getting that paid that much and man I'm I might go on a rant right here you guys but who the hell is freaking Eric Bledsoe and what he had to say at the nerves he had to say uh, to try to call out Terry Rozier and say who is Terry Rozier boy who is Terry Rozier he's a guy that is lighting you up right now not only did he juke you out so bad in the first move. The first game, they looked like you were going to go up for a wide-open layup and embarrassed you. He is outscoring you right now, 25-46. to 46. He is just dominating you, my friend. Eric Bledsoe, 
Who are you, my friend? You have done nothing in your career. I don't know where he comes from thinking that Eric Bledsoe is this great player. You were on Phoenix. You were always injured. You were never the best point guard on that. You played with Drogic, Isaiah Thomas, Brandon Knight maybe for a season there probably was better. I mean, I just find that hilarious that he tries to call it out. I hope Terry Rozier lights him up again because guess what? He's going to do it. Terry Rozier is very good. He's basically Eric Bledsoe, what Eric Bledsoe wish he could be, younger, healthier, mm-hmm. and his same stature. But he is just tearing him up right now. And, I mean, it gets down to the point where we're just playing so well. It's because Brad Stevens is the best the best coach right now yeah. in this series. I mean, yep. he's our best player right now. He's the best co- he's, he's just the best coach. So, it's just really come down to I really just feel bad for Giannis and Chris Middleton because they are really two good players and solid pieces. And they've everything been else great. On the Mil- yeah, and they've been great, and we can't stop them. But everyone else in Milwaukee just looks Miserable Jabari Parker, Parker's like you said, Juwan. Okay. Jabari Parker needs to get out of there. He also looks like he's he's not disinterested, but he definitely looks like he's just not pleased where how they're using him. He's just lost in that system. I think Jabari needs to to leave. Unfortunately, which stinks for Milwaukee because you know they wasted a, a top two pick on on him to build around Giannis, and it just has not worked out at all. Yeah. But, it's just the Milwaukee at first was playing some good defense. It's just they can't sustain it throughout the whole time. It's just it's, they're getting no guard play. Bledsoe, that trade might have not really panned out. It's just it's just it's a really Terrible bummer trade. because Giannis is just doing insane things for the Celtics. Where if he had a couple more pieces around him, they would definitely probably take this to seven and possibly win. But the way I feel it, I don't think Milwaukee, Milwaukee might get one win, honest, like with an injury team. Yeah. Just yeah. might get a win. There, there could be a chance for a sweep. I don't think the Celtics could do it. We've never been a team. Even we had a big three back in the day to be able to sweep teams. So, but, man, the way Milwaukee's playing is just not impressive at all. I don't really see anyone helping them out to do that thing. I mean, Shabazz Napier had a decent game for them last game. That was nothing. It's just. It's looking really troublesome for them. But on the plus note for Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee is the best-looking head coaching job right now. And I think that's why a lot of these coaches, maybe you're Knicks right now, but I still think Milwaukee, what you have over there, and if you can get ownership to agree with you to make moves that you want, you could really form a really good team because Milwaukee does have some trading things that they could trade, maybe do a sign-and-trade with – Jabari, so you don't lose him for just nothing. So there's stuff out there. I just, I think that's a plus side for them, but they're not going to do anything in these playoffs anymore, in my mind. No, they're not. And and I will push back on that. I think I think Phoenix is a much better job than Milwaukee. Um, yeah, Phoenix has the worst man. record in the NBA. Phoenix has no, like listen, listen, pieces, listen. but their ownership's miserable, dude. Their owner has been one of the worst owners Milwaukee in like NBA besides Nick. Mil- Milwaukee has no assets. I don't know what assets you're talking about other than the pieces that you need to win games. They don't have the, they don't have the assets to to make they okay, first of all, they have the number 17 overall pick. Um so that's an asset. Uh but like the, the they can't like the, they don't have a first round pick. Um, I'd that still they can, say can Bledsoe, Brogdon to another team. They have Brogdon. Um 
I don't think Bledsoe's really that much of an asset. He's on an expiring contract, and he's played like shit all season. Uh, Middleton is an asset, but, like, like man, you are, if you're going to trade Middleton, you, you better get something back that's really going to kind of fulfill what he does for that team. He's their best defender. Um, well, maybe Giannis is their best defender, but, like, he's at least their second-best defender. Um, he can play the two, he can play the three, he's very versatile, like, and he's on an expiring contract, um, so it's not like you have him locked up, uh, and then, and their only other real asset is, uh, Thon Maker, and, and he's just, he's, he's regressed this season, um, no, I, I, I disagree, I think Phoenix would be the team to go, I think you got Booker, you, you got Jackson, who, who, who's played very well down the stretch of the season, um, you got the number, uh, probably the number one overall pick. We'll see how the lottery shakes out. Um, but if they land DeAndre Ayton, that, that that is definitely the better coaching situation uh, in my book. Plus, you don't your 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 timeline for success is much longer uh, with Phoenix. Like if you don't make the playoffs next year, you're not looking at you know being on the hot seat. Whereas if you don't make the playoffs next year with Milwaukee, you're definitely getting fired. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think things would be better. Um, real quick, I, I, I do want to bring this up uh, before I pass it over to uh, Jawan. Well, uh, first things first, number one, uh, to back you up on that Jalen Brown pick, a lot of people, most people, in fact, I think, had the Celtics taking Dragon Bender uh, at number three with that pick, and they didn't. They took Jalen Brown because they saw his potential – they saw what he could be. Um, I think the big thing, uh, the big knock on him was people weren't sure if he was a two or if he was a three, and he wasn't a great shooter, like, when he was at Cal. And they've just developed him, and, and he's great. He's so good. Like, uh, he, he's not only just a great piece of that team, he is also a great um, asset if if they decide they need to make a trade uh, in the future. All of the above. Uh, Danny Ainge just hit a home run with that pick because that was definitely, definitely the better pick. Um, but I but I do want to ask you this, um, and and I'll uh, throw in um, some some recent knowledge imparted to me. Uh, apparently. Kawhi's uncle, who is now managing him, is uh, also really close friends with uh, Kyrie's dad. Uh, I don't even remember where I heard this. I heard it recently. It was probably in another podcast. Um, But that's really interesting. Uh, And I think that could kind of maybe have some kind of sway or play uh, with the mood. Now, I recently proposed trading Rozier and Hayward uh, plus the Memphis pick, uh, which is top eight protected next year, top six protected the following year, and then unprotected the year after that. Uh, Four, Patty Mills, uh, because his contract's a little iffy. Um, He's basically, he's probably being uh, undoubtedly a little overpaid. Um, 
but you have to you have to have matching salaries, and that would be a, a kind of a bonus for for San Antonio to get out of their contract if if they're taking on a point guard, um, and then also getting Kawhi Leonard. You don't like that deal, just briefly. Like, why is what's the biggest reason why you don't like that deal? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but I'm just going to quote Stephen A. And I'm going to the first time I think I've ever agreed on him, and I didn't ever think I think <laughs> Stephen A. said it today perfectly. Why? Why trade? Yes, don't get me wrong. Kawhi Leonard is a great player, but the way Celtics are playing right now and our great assets, we get to get a Gordon Hayward back that we only got to see five minutes to a team that is playing amazing right now that they all understand the system to get another player that's really great. I just don't like. That's why I wouldn't break up this team. What we have, what the Celtics have right now, is perfect, and they are really everything is perfect. They don't really need to blow up the team. The team's great. Danny Ainge can just sit back. We have plenty of assets. We can do whatever we want, and all that. It just doesn't. Yes, Kawhi Leonard is probably one of the top three players, and people might find me crazy, but Gordon Hayward isn't that big a step of the down. We still get a guy that's not going to affect our team that is coming. That is almost on the caliber of Kawhi Leonard that is an all-star, is a great two-way player. So that's what we get to add, no matter what, to this team that is doing this run right now. And why would you want to take Terry Rozier? I know me and you have gotten to the point where we're signing him later, but I, that worry about that down the road, I mean, if this team's really quick and all that, I think they can make it work and all that. It's just why would you blow up a team you get, a Kawhi Leonard that you don't know what his injuries like and all that, you don't – know what, how much it's done. I mean, you see how much it's affected Isaiah Thomas. And, and that's, now you've got to form him to the team and all that. And then Patty Mills, I mean, okay, he's a good serviceable backup, but he's no Terry Rozier. I mean, no matter what, I mean, next year you will no, have a no. starting lineup with Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, if you want to go Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, with Terry Rozier coming off the bench. That sounds a lot better in my mind than a – I mean, um, it's kind of tough because you're switching uh, Kawhi Leonard for Gordon Hayward, which, I mean, that's but, – but Patty Mills coming off our bench, I mean, that's not a Terry Rozier who is really showing people what he, what he is capable of. I mean, Terry Rozier is taking a next step, and I think it's going to be very formidable what he can do. I mean, he's always been behind good cards in his three years that he's been at the Celtics, and I think now he gets to show his time. I mean, I just wouldn't trade – all that to get a Kawhi Leonard who would just be almost just like us seeing what Gordon Hayward could be on our team because we only got to see five minutes of it. Yeah, so basically it's just skepticism. Like, you don't know what you're going to get at it. Like, it would be one thing if Kawhi had a season like he had last year and you were trading for that player. But, you know, the fact that he set out all season and you don't know what you're going to get, you know, if you don't know what you're going to get, then, you know, might as well stick with the, you know, keeping your assets and, and playing out that you don't know what you want to get with uh, with the guys that you have. And I get that. Um, I just I, I definitely think that you're going to have to move Terry Rozier because uh, he's going to get big money. And I, I just don't I, – I don't see the room to be able to, you know, pay him – the money that he's going to covet and deserve, um, which is which would be kind of one of my concerns. I will say this though: um, if Danny Green opts in, I would prefer to get Danny Green because uh, he's ten million dollar expiring contract. 
um, instead of taking on, you know, a $12 million contract uh, for Patty Mills that has three more years on it. And I feel like at least that could give you even more cap space going into the future and keep you out of the luxury tax when you have to re-sign uh, Tyree Irving um, and Kawhi if you were to make that deal. Um, I just I, I don't know if the Spurs would ultimately pull that deal or not. I mean, it's 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 crazy because what we're talking about giving up for Kawhi is ultimately ridiculous considering how good of a player he is. It's just the situation that they're in um, because he's he's ultimately not the guy he was. But uh, but anyway, Luke. Um, uh, you're, you're, you got a role, uh, but thanks, man, for joining us uh, for, uh, you know, the first few series to, to break down. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you next week. All right, brother? All right, y'all. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you all next week. Indeed, sir. All right, brother. Have a good night, man. Bye. Bye. Juwan. Yes, sir. What do you think about I, – I, before we get into the series, i got to ask you, what do you think about my trades? Like, yeah, do you think that's a, that's a reasonable I, trade? I only do that trade. Um, I agree with Luke a little bit. I'm not trading. You know how much I love Jalen Brown. I'm not trading Jalen Brown for anything. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. No Jalen Brown involved. It's Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward. It's Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier and the Memphis pick for um, Kawhi Leonard and um, Patty Mills. So you get to keep Jalen Brown. You get to keep Jason Tatum. Like to me, that would that would be the selling point that I'm making to any Celtics fan. Um, oh, you know. So but I'm keeping I'm keeping Kawhi, but I'm getting rid of uh, Terry and Hayward. And Hayward, yeah. And oh, and the yeah. Memphis. Yeah, I do that trade. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do that trade. Like absolutely, yeah. you do I mean, that. Like you're my, getting Kawhi Leonard. My biggest issue with Terry Rozier is uh, Celtics fans are thinking selfishly uh, because they love having him. But you, the only way for him to actually be great is to to be on his own. I mean, I'm sure him as as a you know his his own right. pride. He doesn't want to back up Kyrie the rest of his life. He exactly. wants to actually get out there and, and try to you know make a name for himself. Uh, I don't think Terry Rozier is going to be one of those guys who is a quote-unquote system player or just one of those guys who's only a good backup. I think Terry has potential to be a really good starting point guard. Excuse me. Um, so me not being a Celtics fan, I want Terry to get a chance to, to grow into to be, to being uh, his own man. And if you think about it like this. And getting seeing rid of him Avery, under Pop would be fun. Seeing that him and DeJounte Murray uh, even though, have like a dual point will, guard backcourt. That would be awesome. I will say, because of uh, the recent news regarding Pop, I do see him walking away sooner or later. Um, But um, I I, I will say this. Kawhi, Jalen, Kyrie, Horford, that is a really, really good defensive lineup. And I know a lot of people go, well, you mentioned Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie was playing really good defense this year. Like, it, it, it now seems like the only reason he wasn't playing defense before is because he didn't want to. So that lets you know how great uh, Brad Stevens is because if he can get a guy interested 
in playing defense. Because remember, Kyrie was on, like, a lot of people go, well, usually stars like that will play when they know they're on the championship team. Well, Kyrie was on the championship team, and he still didn't really try his hardest to play defense. So, I mean, that shows you what going to Boston and, and, and buying into that culture does. But, yeah, Jalen Brown, Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, if that's your starting lineup, I'm almost guaranteeing uh, a championship for that team. And, yes. and I already told you, that they, yes. they already have the blueprint on, on Golden State. So, if you add in another right. defender, uh, that could – because I don't want Jalen Brown guarding Durant. I want Kawhi guarding Durant. Um, yeah, I'm feeling a hundred percent about that about that uh that that lineup. So yes, yeah, have, have, me, Jalen, have Jalen Brown guard Curry, and then have uh have Kyrie guarding uh Clay. Like that's yeah, that's fucking absolutely. that's a championship roster. Like that's I yeah. I I I I understand uh, Luke's slight trepidation, but I think it's a classic case of a uh. A fan of a team overvaluing uh, their assets, which we're all guilty of. I mean, we're to, all guilty of. Me, you as a New York fan overvalue your assets. Me as a Hawks fan, I, at times, oh, whoa, 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 it, whoa, unless whoa, it's whoa, Dennis Schroeder, overvalue Hold my assets. Hold on. What? what, what? There, is, there is no one short of Christoph Porzingis. I overvalue him in this. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Um, but no, seriously, uh, as far as the, <clears throat> excuse me, the series, so what Luke was saying about Bledsoe, I will say this. Yes, it is very easy to say that Bledsoe did not live up to what we were expecting him to be in Milwaukee. But let's yeah. not, let's not, let's not forget he has had some really good games. He had a 46-point game last month, uh, yeah. and he helped the Bucks win in that game. I, I know, yeah. and you could say that that's, that's a rarity. You could say that that was just a, a really hot night, whatever. But let's not act like who was that again? Who was that? I can't remember who that was again. Yeah, I can't. I but it was a national can. TV I, game. It was a I national was, TV game, so it wasn't too scrub. It wasn't too scrub. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it was like Cleveland. It was the 29th defense in the league, something like that. Um, nah, Eric Bledsoe still, is. Still. I I I agree with Luke there. Eric Bledsoe's got no room to fucking talk, bro. Like he, no, if I'm, he's not—he's not achieved anything in his career, and I get it. Like Terry Rozier, like either accidentally or intentionally or whatever, called him Drew Bledsoe. Um, but you know what? Drew Bledsoe has had a better career than you had, Eric. So you should take that as a well, fucking compliment, what was, bro. What I was trying to say was Bledsoe saying that he know he knows what was going to come from him saying that. So all I'm saying yeah. is, okay, you're, you're able to talk to talk because that's, like, super easy to do. You got to go out there and be a different maker. You have to guard Terry. You have to stop Terry. And then what you have to do is offensively help Milwaukee because Giannis is screaming uh, every day he comes out on that court. Help me. Like, please, somebody – besides me and Middleton, has to want to do something. So if you're Bledsoe, respond to it. I mean, if you have Terry Rozier out here uh, <laughs> sending your ankles to the ER, you got to come out here and show that you can play better than Terry Rozier. Um, but as far as the series as a whole, 
Milwaukee's not getting a game. Uh, I just saw the schedule. Game four is Sunday, I believe. Uh, I believe, yeah, because yeah, they play tomorrow, and game four is Sunday. If it, uh, Boston's definitely sweeping the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I, I figured that cool. out. I figured that out after that last game. Because after the first game, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a series. Like, these guys are going to go down to the wire. And that second game I, I think showed Milwaukee me everything that I needed one to game. But at best, no, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and say, and it's not a hot take because Cleveland's just a better team. Um, I'm yeah. gonna say they don't win another game. They don't win another game. I have no faith in them. You know, you know what it reminds me of? I'm looking at the Pelicans blow out the, the Trailblazers. Trailblazers yeah. aren't getting a game in this series either. No, <laughs> I don't think they are. So it's I, it's I crazy. See, I see Raptors, Golden State. Uh, Pelicans in Boston being the only teams to uh, sweep uh, their respective uh, series. But as far as the Boston series, it's over. Um, Jason Tatum had a bad game the other night, and they still won. I don't see that happening again. Uh, And that just goes to show you that this is a team full of quote-unquote role players. There are no stars on this team. Jalen Brown and and Tatum are up-and-coming stars. So yeah. if they're able to do that with their with their role players, you have no chance of winning because it's like Giannis has already had two big games. So unless Giannis comes out and pulls a Kobe and drops eighty one, I don't see how they're right. winning a game uh, the, the rest of this series. Yeah, I mean, I my, my biggest thing is this: like a, a lot of people were saying they needed to play Giannis more at the five, and I I you know. I don't know if you remember, but I, I, I kind of push back on that a little bit because Henson has actually been reasonably good for them uh, defensively. Right. Like he can't, he can't shoot. He's not, he's not going to hit threes, but in the, in the last game, he was six of seven from the field. He had 12 points, he had six boards, he had four assists, he had a block. Um, and he was plus five, in the plus minus department, he was the only starter to be in the plus department of the plus minus um, out of everybody. Uh, he had the best plus minus on the team, short of uh, Shabazz Muhammad, who just played 12 minutes and lucked into a plus six plus minus. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he. My thing is this: uh, I do think they should run with small lineups. I don't think they should run with Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker has been terrible. I think they kind of somewhat explored the possibility of it uh, with essentially they they played uh, there were there were times in the game where Chris Middleton was guarding a big and it, 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 particularly Greg Monroe is who I remember, uh, but they like it, it was ineffective defensively, but I think that is that is what you should do. What I would the the lineup that I would put together, um, and <laughs> they're not going to do it because it would just be it, it would be crazy crazy risky. Uh, but I would honestly put together a lineup of um Antetokounmpo at the center, Middleton at the four, uh, Tony Snell at the three. I would put at the two uh, uh, Sterling Brown, who 
played nine minutes in the game, but was a plus four, plus minus. Um, he's he's a really good defender. He's really young. He's green, but like, why not pull out all the stops at this point? Um, and and then uh, have Brogdon running the point. Uh, I, I mean, Brown shot thirty five percent from three uh, during the regular season. That's just as good as uh, as uh, Bledsoe, and Bledsoe's just playing like shit. So, like, I would I would run that lineup for for a spell and see how it works. But I'm definitely still giving Henson his minutes. Henson defensively has been there almost kind of like their saving grace, and I don't think he's getting enough credit for it um, because, you know, he can't shoot and he can't score. Um, and I get it. It, it. Like, he's not a great defender. He's not, like, an elite defender, but he's their best defender short of Giannis uh, or Middleton. Uh, and he is giving them valuable minutes. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little – a little perturbed at the, all the hate that Henson's been getting lately. Um, like I understand it. I just I, I'd like because he doesn't fit with Antetokounmpo, but like you gotta play you gotta play your best players, um, and he is one of their better defensive players. So, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I think I I think maybe Milwaukee steals a game uh, in in Milwaukee. Uh, but that's that's about it. They're they're not gonna they're definitely not gonna win the series. Um, I called I initially called it in six for Boston. I, I think it'll probably be five. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, you brought up the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors uh, they balled out against the Wizards the other night. They pretty much just dominated them. Uh, the final score was 130 to 119, but it wasn't really even that close. I gotta say, first and foremost, uh, the press conference at the at the end of the the game was awesome. Um, it 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 did it make you like Kyle Lowry just a little bit, Juwan? Like, did, no. were you like, no? Okay. No. <laughs> um, well, nevertheless. Uh, I loved it. DeMar DeRozan went off. He had 37 points and was just a fucking beast. Uh, he was plus 23, plus minus. Uh, and, and it was just great. Ibaka got off uh, to uh, – uh, uh, I'm sorry. Ibaka played relatively well. He was plus 32, plus minus. Um, played good defense. He had nine rebounds, two assists, three blocks. Ananobi got off to a, a very solid start. Um, he didn't. He didn't like carry that on. He only had nine points, but he he was he he gives him such quality minutes for when he's on the court. He only played 19 minutes, but um, but he does play quality quality minutes for them. Um, but this team is they they just have so much depth, and Washington has no depth, and that's that's the thing that kills Washington. They're not. They're not I would. This would be the series, if at all, I could pick any series in which I think a sweep is going to happen. Because the Raptors just, for 48 minutes, there's no way Washington can keep up with them. They have way too much depth. They, yeah, Washington equals 
equals out in far as far as like the star department, but they don't have the depth to keep up with this team, uh, and they're just they're not going to win it. Um, your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, Washington to me <clears throat> has seemed to quit on each other. Uh, you're saying how much uh, Toronto has depth, and what I'm seeing from Washington is they can't even get past the starting lineup for for depth to matter. Uh, They're getting blown out by the starting lineup. Uh, I mean, on paper, it looks like they should match up starting lineup-wise. I I get you with the Toronto's bench, but starting lineup-wise, they should match up a lot better than they are, a lot better than they are. Um, and it just seems like Toronto snatched the heart out of out of Washington. And honestly, I want to disagree with you, but I, I can't. But I want to say I, I feel like John Wall and Bradley Beal won't get swept. Like, they'll at least get a game. Like, I respect those two enough to, to think they could rally to get a game. And I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I think they lose it, um, you know, in, in, what, in five? Um, but I respect them way too much to to not at least hope that they get one win out of this series. Uh, but no, like I was saying, t- Toronto snatched the heart out of Washington, which is good uh, because when they um, see Cleveland, they're gonna need a heart, a- uh, legs, arms, like all the extra body parts they could get to try to beat LeBron. Uh, Toronto is gonna need it. So whatever you can take from Washington. Uh, do it because LeBron's coming, and if he gets past these paces, not if, when he gets past these paces, LeBron is going to be in. I remember that series against Boston when it, his first year in Miami where he was just tired of losing to Boston, and he just went out there and he just said, listen, Wade, you're not helping me. Bosh, you're not helping me. I'm going to go out here and show these guys I'm a different LeBron, and I feel like we'll get that. Uh, from this series all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, is where we see a different LeBron. So, but as far as that series, I'm giving John Wall and Bradley Beal one game because I respect them mm. that much. But outside of that, yeah, it's 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 definitely a wrap. <laughs> it's it, it's done. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, one game at best. Um, but we got a caller. Uh, caller, uh, what's your name, and um, wh- what do you want to talk about? Uh, this is uh, Lou from New Jersey. How are you? Hey, Lou. Welcome back, my brother. Thanks. Now, you said like a different LeBron. Now, what exactly you meant by that, by a different LeBron? Uh, just <clears throat> a more... Gr- a more aggressive LeBron, and, and I don't uh, okay. mean the one that we—I don't mean the one that we saw yesterday with 46. I just mean an overly aggressive LeBron, to where he understands 46, uh, 10, and five could still lose a game. So maybe 55, 13, and 12 is what could comfortably give us a win. I think we'll see more of that. Not oh, every so game, not, just not more so. Like a wuss. I'll let you finish talking before I before I cut you off. But go ahead. Go ahead. I think mean, it was a little strong, but you get you know when you say more aggressive, I mean like he's not giving it. It's like you're saying he's not giving it his all. So that's what I meant by you know that. Well, no, I was just because when you look at the the first two games, he's given you as much as you would ask a star player to give you. Uh, right. But it's really okay. hard when you 
the first game I was uh, – me and Nick were discussing last week. The first game, the next highest person uh, scoring-wise had 10 points. So it doesn't matter what LeBron did, the rest of the team didn't show up. So I, I don't think he's been yeah. soft. I don't think he's shied away from anything. I think he's done All what right. you need someone in their 15th season to do. He just doesn't have a team around him to, to help yeah. rally and, and, and secure a W. Now, uh, did you happen to see uh, Donovan Mitchell's performance last night? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I, I and wonder- we're going to – Let's let's move on to that. In fact, and we'll we'll keep you on for this one, Lou, because um, obviously uh, you, you got something you need to say about this performance. Uh, Donovan Mitchell went off last night, uh, and you know what? Furthermore, the the crazy thing to, for for this like series to me is so did favors Gobert was a defensive like monstrosity. He got Adams into foul trouble so early and made him so ineffective. Um, and, and, and Ricky Rubio shot five of eight from three-point range. Like, that is remarkable. Uh, but, like, yeah, Mitchell led him the way. Uh, I I, I got to say, I, I was a big proponent of, of benching favors in favor – no pun intended – of – uh, Crowder, uh, because I I just thought Crowder would would yes. be a better matchup. He would he would play better with that that squad. Uh, he could spread the floor a little bit better. Um, it seemed to make more sense to me. Um, but they kind of stuck with their lineups and it, and and it, and it worked. I mean, Favors was terrific. He played so well uh, throughout the the course of that game. And man. They just they play great and and for OKC their big three they they shot 0 for 14 in the fourth quarter they had nothing going down the stretch of that game um, which I think is, is is really just an anomaly I don't I would not expect them to play that well down the stretch of or, or play that poorly rather down the stretch of of important playoff games um, but. I uh, I would definitely say that uh, if I was OKC, I am definitely concerned uh, because not only because of how well they played, but they still like Quinn Snyder still has the kind of uh, ace in the hole with Jay Crowder as far as being able to bring him in and switch things up a little bit from Derek Favors uh, after Derek Favors played really well in this game. Uh, so. Man, it was it was a really crazy game, uh, and I, I think probably the biggest thing for me was just the fact that they made Stephen Adams just have no effect on that game whatsoever. I think he played 22 minutes, uh, which is which mm. is crazy. Um, but anyway, let me let me throw it around, Lou. What are your thoughts on that game? I mean, I think. I mean, I think um, you know he has um, the capabilities of becoming a a big star in this league with performance like that. And if he has to get rookie yeah. of the year, I mean, we've got a problem. Nah, Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year. This kid's unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year. Don't like, don't even get me started on that. Well, you know how the NBA could be, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would say this. Donovan Mitchell is a rookie of the year lock in any of the past, like, ten years. Um, but yeah. he just happened to to be playing in in the you know <laughs> in the same year that right. that Ben Ben Simmons was the rookie of the year. So it it it's just it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, unless it's a tie, uh, which uh, our our good friend Joel, who who uh, you know you met last week, he's he's he runs the show with us very often. Uh, he wants a tie. Right. Um, but uh, other than that, no, I mean, you got to go. Yeah, you know what the old saying anyway, is, Go ahead. You know what the old saying is about a tie, right? I'm sorry? You know what the old saying is about a tie, right? What's that? It'd be like kissing your sister. Ah, yes. I do know that one. Yeah. Because you I'm did, from the yeah. South. I've been, I've been around a while. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Well, hey, man, all thanks for calling in. And all the stupid sayings. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in again, man, and uh, thanks for uh, checking in with us and and uh, sure. you know listening to the show. Uh, we appreciate the support, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the future, brother. If I if I have time on my schedule, I will. Indeed, sir. Thank you, brother. Yes, and if you get a chance on Saturday, you can check out my show. All right. Well, hey, when's your show? Plug Saturday, it. Uh, oh wait, what time zone are you anyway? Uh, we're Eastern. Good. Okay, then it's six o'clock uh, to eight o'clock Saturday night. Called the Enhanced Sports Show. Uh, the number is nine two nine four seven seven three six eight eight, and we handle everything in the world of sports. Well, almost everything. Indeed, man. Look forward we to don't checking cover it out. <laughs> so, yeah, I would. I would hope not. All right, brother. Well, have a good night. And uh, again, thanks for uh, thanks for the support. Thanks a lot, fellas. All right, man. Have a good one, Luke. All right, Jawan. Uh, really quickly, let's uh, let's break down. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like we've touched base on this this OKC Utah Jazz thing, but but just your quick thoughts on um, your your takeaways from from things uh, with this series. Um. I don't know. I, I assume Paul George was in the uh, the movie um, Space Jam. I, I, I can assume that's the only thing that uh, only reasonable explanation to why Paul George didn't look like playoff P. Um, but no, seriously, that that's what I I, I told you guys. Uh, you're gonna get the same thing from him and Melo that you got all season. <laughs> I remember saying what he did the other night isn't out of the norm. It's what Paul George is capable of, but it's what you won't get on a consistent basis. And we know Melo hasn't been the same in years. So it was just really fun to see, excuse me, these three guys do the one thing. (laughs) You needed just one of them to do differently, and all three of them (laughs) were horrible in the fourth quarter. And to me, when you have three stars, all three being horrible is unacceptable. One of you have to show up for that team. Just one. And they couldn't. And to me, I will say, Jonathan Mitchell's thinking it really hard <laughs> to just say Ben Simmons clearly is the winner. Every time I feel like I, I, I want to say that, Donovan 
senses it, and he's like, you know what, fine, I'll go out here and I'll ball out. And it's like, all right, Donovan, yeah. relax, man. Let me just give it to Ben and relax. But Donovan is, is making sure uh, he's making himself heard. I will say, um, to, to end it, I don't agree with Joel. I don't want a tie. But I'm starting to feel like the voters might end up it being a tie because it's just – I don't think so. so. I mean, the, the tie is just an anomaly. Man. Like, you can't, you can't vote for both people. You, like, right, the, right. A tie yeah, is just when the, a tie the happens. Tie, like, right. The tie and I don't think we're going to get a tie, especially, especially because of the way that the voting process happens. Um, they don't collect all the votes at the end of the year, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I could be wrong, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like – uh, I, I feel like what Simmons has done uh, in the playoffs, and I get, I, I get it. Like Mitchell has been great in these playoffs, but Simmons has been like even better, and he's been like he, he led a team to a 29 point victory without their best player. Um, it's that's that's something, you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying it's it's as difficult, I believe. Uh, and it could go either way. And this is the first time I think we've been in this situation since Grand Hill and Jason Kidd. So I could see see an I you know a scenario to where it could possibly play out like that. Again, I do not want it. I need a definitive. Only one winner. I don't believe in that. Uh, you are both great, so let's both get a win. I told you I don't believe in that. But this is just so tough. Donovan Mitchell leading this team that is starless. So Rudy Gobert is a stud, but he's not a star. A starless team. Ben Simmons has led this team at moments being their best player, but he's always – like, think about this. If Joel Embiid didn't play another game this series, and I'm not going to go on wood, would we say that the Sixers could still possibly get out of this series? Oh, yeah, I would. See, I, I, I don't know if I could say that confidently. Because it's like the Sixers wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You're, are you saying they couldn't or they wouldn't? Because those are two very no, different no, no, things. No, 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 They, they could. No, no, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, I don't know how. You don't think? I wanna you don't think it. they would though? I think it would be. I think if Embiid played every game in this series, they would have swept my end. If Rob. Embiid didn't play one game in this series, I could see a scenario where Miami could possibly take it seven games with the likelihood of potentially I would say the same thing about Gobert, though. Like, if Gobert doesn't play a single game in that series, like, it, it's the same thing. Like, and I, I don't would, know. I would honestly they, be. They dominate I would, the game I, different. I, I, if, if, wait, and if Gobert didn't play a single game, I, I have no qualms with saying they would get swept. There is no chance, no chance that they would win a single what? game, in my opinion. No, no, they would not win a single. Gobert is so fucking important to that team. Uh, there's no coincidence that when they made their streak, when they made their run of, of just great uh, basketball and, and were able to you know, climb into the playoffs and then climb up to the seed that they did, that that was because Gobert came back. 
if 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 you're playing Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, uh, Jay Crowder, and uh, Derek Favors as your starting lineup against OKC, you're you're losing every game. I'm sorry, you're not winning any games. Yeah, Derek, but you got to look at Rudy Gobert is so fucking important to that team. Like he, he he's equally as important as Joel Embiid is to his team, in my opinion. Yeah, but um, he doesn't. You got to look at it from the. You got to look at it from this standpoint. Donovan Mitchell with Rudy Gobert, right? Let's say he. Let's say Rudy Gobert wasn't there. Donovan Mitchell would be struggling against a team with Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook, and Stephen Adams, if you want to throw him in there. Oh, ben yeah. Simmons would Stephen be struggling. Adams is better than fucking against, Carmelo Anthony, I'll say tell you that right, much. Right. Right. Yeah, I give you that. But Ben Simmons, if there were no indeed, could possibly be struggling against Miami. I'd say Donovan's degree of difficulty is on Dude, a Miami, larger level. Miami's just, Miami is as good as Utah. With, without no, Miami, no, no. Is Miami, is Miami oh, as sorry. good as OKC? OKC. Oh, no, they're not. They're not. The talent-wise, okay, no. Coaching, coaching they, you're right. Coaching, they are. They're better. Right. Um, but the talent-wise, they're not even close. They're not even in the same right. and fucking again, league. I'm not taking. Yeah, you're I'm right. not taking anything away from Ben. I'm just saying you're saying if there was no Gobert, Donovan would be swept in four. And I'm saying I I I agree with you, but that's because he's playing Westbrook, Paul George, Melo, right. Adam. Yeah. But no, I'm you're, that's is, fair. If Simmons, that's fair. If Simmons didn't have Embiid, I would still think the Sixers shouldn't be struggling. Against Miami, they're just a better team. Yeah. They should they should not ever struggle against Miami. So that's what I'm saying. Well, Donovan they made got swept, I would expect the, that. <laughs> the acquisitions that they made down the stretch, getting Marco Bellinelli and Arsene Ilyasova, were just so huge, and we're seeing it play out. Like we're seeing, you know, Marco hit 37 footers, and and and. You know, Ilyasova making backdoor cuts and getting easy buckets and all that. Like, it, yeah, that guy. I I agree with you. Like, they're they're a better team, um, regardless of their their center counterparts. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I'm smelling what you're selling. I I also think that um, Miami is a more consistent team though than OKC. OKC is just so inconsistent. Um, like one game, yeah, but they they're fucking great, and they're like, it's like, man, this team could beat the fucking Warriors. And then the next game, you're like, what the fuck is going on with this team? They're terrible. So, like, I think that's not something to be overlooked as well. Yeah, you're right about that. But it's like that's a good problem to have to have three yeah. guys that at any given night can take over. Like Miami mm. doesn't have. Like Miami can't say no, like have, oh we no, lost no, this no, blah, 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 blah. They have like seven yeah. guys on any night who can take over. They do. Who, like, Miami? Uh, I've been saying that. Yes, I've been saying that this whole fucking proceeding what? of playoffs. Dude, they do. Okay, look, they had Dwayne Wade take over the other night. Tonight they had Goran Dragic and they had uh, Justin Winslow. Like ball out. James Johnson can take over a game whenever, like, he gets the feeling. Hassan Whiteside 
you know, when he feels like it, can can take over a game. Uh, uh, Richardson is another guy who can take over a game. They have a lot but of Nick, guys who are not consistent Nick, but can but have the ability to take over Nick, a game any given night. Listen to what you're saying, though. You're saying the guys that balled out tonight, but they lost. They oh, no, lost. no, no, I what got I'm you. What I'm saying is – No, I got you. I'm not – I feel you. Westbrook, Westbrook, Paul, and Mello didn't ball out, and that's why they lost. It wasn't like yes. Mello had 18, Paul George had 26, Westbrook had 30, right. and they lost. Right. That's yeah. the difference between Miami having guys that can ball out and OKC having that big three just go off. That's the biggest difference. That's the difference I'm trying yeah. to make. Like, yeah. you can get the best from Miami, I, I like but they can still lose. But if OKC, if Melo, Westbrook, and Paul George all have between 18 and, like, 30-something and they lose, then we're, we have a whole nother issue with yeah. how we need to look at OKC. Yeah. Miami, yeah, it I, would still I, be I, something I, you I, could believe. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, but let's move on. We got, we got three more series in about 20 minutes. Um, let's, let's talk just quickly on – Houston versus Minnesota and Golden State versus San Antonio. Um, I feel like these are both kind of quick topics uh, because um, let's start with just Golden State versus San Antonio. Um, They're playing right now. Uh, Golden State is beating them by 13 points. Um, They just don't have the talent. I mean, I, I really, I don't think we have to really go that much more in depth than that. The, the, the Spurs just don't have the talent on the floor to beat three future Hall of Famers when they only have maybe one future Hall of Famer, maybe two. But Talbot no, Hall is old as shit. Oh, yeah, Ginobili. Ginobili. Well, and, yeah. and Tony Parker. Uh, but, like, all of these guys are old as shit. That's my point. I like, get they you. don't have any. I get you. Yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't have any all-stars. Uh, short of Aldridge, um, Aldridge has been great this year. Like he's made my third team All NBA. Uh, like probably deserves second team All NBA because of his stats. Um, but you know the way the position worked out, he, he didn't fit that mold. Um, but nevertheless, like they they just don't have the talent. They're not going to win. They're going to get swept. Um, in fact, that's my most that that has to be everybody's most um, uh, predicted sweep. Um, I thought the Spurs would get one game, uh, but I don't. I don't think they will. They just they just don't have talent, and that's what it all boils down to. Uh, without Kawhi Leonard, they they cannot compete on the same level as a, even a Stephen Curryless Warriors team. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to say only one thing about uh, this this series, um, and and I hate the idea of it even coming out of my mouth, but um, Kawhi completely quit on this team. This this yeah. Spurs team with a healthy with a healthy Kawhi, which by the way he is healthy um, for for people listening out there, um, they would definitely force this series to go seven games. Absolutely, I I completely believe that. I completely believe that. If that, um, they might I, beat them in six or five. <laughs> like they may, 
I give you that. They may, but I, I do want to, I do want to point out that I, I do wholeheartedly believe Kawhi quit on this team, and that's something I'm never a fan of. Don't, don't quit on your guys. You go out there, you serve this last year with your guys, and then in the off season, you make it clear you don't want to be there anymore. That's the professional way to go about it. Because um, yep. if I I'm agree. another team looking to get you. What happens if you decide you don't like it here? You're just gonna quit on me in, until I trade you. So to me, I'm I, I never like the idea that uh, I, I prefer the Kyrie route. Play out the season in the off season, say trade me. In the off yeah. season is when you can pull out all the stops. Like yeah, if you and, don't trade and, me, and, I won't play. And not to mention, Kyrie obviously has been dealing with a knee issue for three years, four years, um, and you know still balled out. You know he's still right. He played great in the last three games of those finals uh, last year. Um, and, like, yeah, no, I mean, I ultimately agree with you. And I think I think it's – I, I got to go back to this. Uh, and I hesitate to, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, Pop's gotten a lot of flack from a lot of the media for the way that he's, like – handled the Kawhi situation and it's like dude like I mean what do you what do you expect from him I mean like granted hindsight is always twenty twenty, but like I mean Pop's dealing with the love of his life dying and he's still showing up every fucking day coaching his team trying to win games trying to elevate them to the best possible potential that they can be. And you got a guy who's what, ninety five percent and refuses to play? Like <laughs> like I don't blame him for throwing shade at Kawhi. I don't. Like that it may not be the best tactical move and I get that it it, it like I, I I guess I don't blame Kawhi because of what happened to Isaiah Thomas, but the thing is you're not Isaiah Thomas. You're not a five eight Five seven, five nine, whatever you want to call him, uh, point guard who's like an anomaly had an had an anomaly season. Uh, you like you're one of the best five players in the game. Like you don't, you're not going to suffer the same treatment if you have a if you re-injure your quad. You're, you're just not. It's not going to be the same thing as as Isaiah like injuring his hip. It's it's not the same thing, and like yeah, you should be out there competing with your your teammates. Like if if you're you know eighty five, ninety, ninety five percent. Like like I don't know. I just I can't get behind that. I'm just I'm I'm just too competitive in in my head. Like I know if I was in that position, there's no way. Just look at Joel and B. Joel Embiid, after the game two loss, was like, I'm getting tired of being babies, but put me out there and let me play. And game three came along, and they were like, yeah, you got to wear your mask. But you, like, we're going to let you play. And look what happened. Like, it's, it's just, it's it's weird. It, it is so weird. Um, and I, I don't think it'll, it'll linger. I think when Kawhi has, like, a long-term contract, I don't think – this kind of situation will rear its head again. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I just got to say, like, 
everybody who was given any kind of shit to to pop uh, about that situation, like, like I hope that puts it all into perspective for you, because uh, the man is going through real life shit, and you know Kawhi's, you know, got a bump quad. Uh, you know, he's 90% or whatever. And he just was like, no, nah, I, can't, I, I can't do it, can't play. And so, yeah, I'm sure Pop's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I love Marcus Aldridge. Um, he shows up every day, and he plays hard, and he, and he never, you know, bitches. Uh, like, and then everybody's like, oh, well, he's throwing shade at Kawhi. And it's like, yeah, I mean, in a roundabout way, yeah, but I don't blame him. Because, you know what? He's echoing his own self. He's talking about his own self, like showing up and putting in the work despite all of the shit that's going on in his life. Uh, And that's fucking admirable. And you know what? Fuck why, Leonard. (laughs) Like that's my biggest takeaway from the situation. Like, fuck Kawhi Leonard. I don't. I don't even want the Sixers to trade for him because that's my that's my you know team B, and I I don't even want him. Just sign just sign Paul George and and you know roll with that. Like, fuck Kawhi Leonard. No, well I tell you this: if uh, uh, Simmons and Embiid keep playing at the high level. That they are now, Paul George is the perfect person because you don't have to depend on him. So yep. that'd be the great, that'd be the best person to sit in uh, with a bunch of guys like that. But I will say I won't associate sent that you did uh, about Kawhi, but it's just very disappointing. It, it's disappointing because whatever quorum you have with ownership, I, me as your teammate, I feel like this shouldn't be taken out on us. Like you're our best chance to win. Our best chances. And it's like if money is your issue, then how about you pick up the phone and you call a guy named Michael Jordan who spent a majority of his career being grossly underpaid. Um, And you see how he was able to win championships being grossly underpaid. And I know a lot of people are like, well, he was making money outside of basketball. No, 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 no. That's like you had two – yeah, that came after. But that's like the equivalent of you saying I had two jobs. I was working like a slave for one job, barely getting any money, but at least the other job yeah. wasn't paid well. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. You both should be paying me what I'm worth. In Chicago, for a good deal of, of, of uh, Michael Jordan's time there, was not. So right. to me, if I'm, Ka- and, you know, if I'm Kawhi's teammates, I'm saying, listen, if Michael can do it, you definitely should be out here playing with us, especially because the championship is on the line. Yeah, well, and and not to mention, like, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know all the parameters of, you know, his shoe deal and all that jazz. But like, he's playing himself out of a supermax contract. Um, that's a lot of money yeah. you're leaving on the table to go to a big market and and get a a, a big shoe contract. Like, if you took that four-year, $20 million shoe contract and signed your Supermax, I don't know. I find it hard to believe you're going to get more if you don't get the Supermax and then, you know, sign a shoe contract. I don't think you're going to get as much. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if his, his, his people are telling him uh, the best the best advice. Uh, but nevertheless, let's move on. 
Uh, we got two more series to talk about. Uh, really quickly, let's, let's touch base on the Rockets in Minnesota. Um, fucking this this series pisses me off so much because first of all, goddamn Cat needs to get more shots, and the fact that he has scored averaged seven points a game through the first two games of this series is just utterly ridiculous. Um, he needs to get more shots. They need to spread him out. All this talk about him being on the block, like Pella is the best rim protector in the fucking association. Like, no, he doesn't need to be on the block because that's not where you capitalize on your opponent's weaknesses. Your opponent's weaknesses is if you pull Clint Capella off the block and he has to guard Carl Anthony Towns out on the three-point line, like, he's not going to be as effective, and Carl Anthony Towns is a highly effective three-point shooter. He's at 43% on the season. So, like, I don't understand Tibbs' coaching. Uh, he, he's frustrated me all season. I think he should be fired. Uh, I, honestly, I really do. I think they should fucking fire Tibbs uh, in the off season and hire somebody who is smart. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns played more minutes than any center in the league this season, and he has played 82 games over three seasons. He's played every single game over three seasons. And you max out his minutes. You run your players into the ground, Tibbs. You ruin the Law Dank's career. You probably ruin Derrick Rose's career. Like, there's no way I would want him to keep being my coach. I would fire him in the offseason and bring on someone who is way more practical and not so old school as far as their coaching methods. Um, that being said, Houston's probably going to sweep this series. Uh, the, you know, the fact that that Harden turned it on in game one and carried his team to victory and then played like shit in game two and then Chris Paul basically was like, all right, my turn. I'm going to carry the team to victory. Uh, I mean, that's why you made the Chris Paul trade. It seems like it's all working out for them. Uh, but my uh, my biggest takeaway is just Tibbs is, is fucking stupid. Uh, but anyway, Juwan, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Tibbs uh, is almost single-handedly the reason why the Timberwolves uh, lost both games. Uh, I mean, he, for some strange reason, his love for Derrick Rose is almost blinding. It actually reminds me of... Per minute, he has the most shot attempts per minute of anybody on that it team reminds in the playoffs. It reminds me of the uh, the undying love that Cherry Jones had for Romo, where it was just like, dude, he can't stay healthy. How are you not drafting a quarterback to replace this guy? And then, you know, he finally had to come to terms with the idea of like, yeah, I probably should stop <laughs> not having a backup plan uh, for this guy. And, I mean, I, I believe you said this. Uh, Tyus Jones uh, should definitely be getting more minutes uh, than, than Derrick Rose. You even – I believe you even said – you didn't think Derrick Rose would be getting this many minutes in the playoffs. Um, and Tibbs was like, all right, I, I hear you, and I raise you 
not only will he have a lot of minutes, but he'll have the most shots. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he has minute, no idea yeah. what he's doing. Per minute, right. He has no idea yeah. what he's doing. He has to go, especially as a guy who's who's a head coach, and I believe he's uh, – I think he's head of player personnel control or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, the, pretty not, much – he's a president of basketball operations as well. Right. Uh, definitely Just get not him out of there. Also, also, I think the NBA should – not the NBA, but more owners should do away with hiring coaches to do both jobs. I don't yes. remember the last time I've seen a coach do both jobs and be extremely successful, like win a championship yeah, doing both. I would say they like Budenholzer um, did it well for a time because um, he was given both both jobs in Atlanta. Um, but basically, they were like after what happened last season and with all the contracts up, you know, and, and the fact that we were teetering on the luxury tax. They were like, yeah, no, we're not like we're not letting you, uh, you know, re-sign all of these guys just so we can be a first-round exit, like or right. that's the second-round exit, you know. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like they, they need to do away with that. They have to do away with that. It's just it's not smart. The only guy I can remember in like the past decade that I would have felt comfortable giving both to. Uh, would have been Mark Jackson. I believe he has a great eye for talent, and he's a great players coach. So I think if anyone could have translated that into doing both and winning a championship, the only person I would have ever thought of is Mark Jackson because he's just phenomenal at at picking talent. I mean, he drafted three of possibly this this new generation's greatest players. Uh, at least top 15, if you don't want to say top yeah. 10, at least top 15. Um, yeah. And I don't think that that's something you can just, like, say, oh, say casually. Like, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as far as the series, you're definitely right. It is over. I said last week that I, I thought Carl Anthony Towns could at least get that team uh, a win. And it's looking more and more like that's not a possibility. So maybe it is yeah. a sweep. Yeah. It's probably gonna probably gonna be that way. Uh, one more series: Portland, New Orleans. We just watched New Orleans blow out Portland in Game Three. They're up 3-0. This series is over. There's no chance Portland can come back and win. Um, I don't. I don't really actually want to talk so much about the game as much as if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm like, I, get me the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. Like I want, well, I, 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 I would go to the front office. Given what we already know, as far as him going to the front office earlier this season and saying, like I, I, I want, you know, to know what's going on. Uh, like we need to have a, a brass tax converse, conversation. Uh, like he, I would be going there and saying, I, I am formally requesting a trade. And I'll be quiet about it, but, like, trade me. Uh, I have a trade in mind. I have many trades in mind, in fact. Uh, but, um, but what do you think about that before I get into what I think would be uh, an, an interesting trade? Well, I will say if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm definitely doing that. If I'm CJ McCollum, I'm definitely doing that. 
But I will say, if I'm yeah. with the Trailblazers, since they are both under contract, what I do instead uh, of just trying to get that done for them uh, before the season starts, I try to see what I can do. And I know you already said this before. They don't have much flexible uh, cap space. I try to see what yeah. I can do to put something around them, whether it's through the draft or what, what veterans I can oh, get. Yeah. And I play, I play the season out, and if by all-star break they still feel the same way, you know how many teams get super desperate around then. I then yeah. make uh, a blockbuster trade uh, and get as much as I can from them then. That makes because sense. if I'm, if I'm yeah. playing it now, other teams already know how desperate Damian Lillard is to get out of there. So a lot of teams yeah. are going to lowball you. So to me, I hold on to them. Uh, around All Star break is when I pulled the the actual trick. Yeah, and you don't, and the and the thing is, you don't really even have any pressure to move him at All Star break because you haven't locked None. up for three years. Um, exactly. I, None. He has to the, deal with it. <laughs> yeah, the 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 trade I was going to throw out, I would essentially, uh, it, I think it would be very interesting. Uh, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart and the Cleveland uh, first-round pick in the draft for Damian Lillard. Uh, you're cutting a lot of salary. Uh, essentially, you're, you're getting a, a point guard who you have locked down for the next seven years, six or seven years, depending on player options, et cetera. Uh, but I think that would be a really interesting trade for both teams. Uh, especially considering if you had if you acquired Damian Lillard, if you're you know the uh, the Lakers, and you then acquire LeBron James, uh, that would be a fucking perfect fit uh, to pair up Damian Lillard, LeBron James, uh, and your your youth. You got Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, uh, and Randall. Uh, and the it, it would work. I've I've fact you know I've run the numbers on it. Um, it. If you acquired Ingram and then signed LeBron and then you know re-signed uh, um, the cap hold on uh, Randall at like ten million dollars, so you'd be able to to, to pull off both. Uh, you know, it it would work. Uh, but anyway. What do you think about that? Do you think that would be an interesting move for the Lakers? Uh, I mean, of course, if you could secure LeBron. We got about a minute left. Um, I'll just say really quickly, uh, I think it could work. I don't think the Lakers would. Magic really sees Lonzo being something just phenomenal. He does. So I don't yeah. see any scenario to where Magic pulls the trigger on that um, uh, to trade him. I think he's more likely say, to trade Ingram. Absolutely. I, I think he'd be ready to trade Ingram tomorrow. Uh, but I don't see him trading uh, Lonzo. He just loves the kid too much. Um, but it would be a great trade, and it would bring the Lakers back. It would bring them fully back. But I think uh, Magic wants to play the long game. I think he likes yeah. his his, uh, his young core, and he wants to build around that young 15 core. 15 seconds. Uh, yeah. So I, that, that, that's pretty much how I see it. Yeah, and I, I, I ultimately agree. I don't I don't think they'll end up doing it. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us and uh we'll see you Monday, nine o'clock. Until then, peace.
ਸਾਡੀ